Welcome, everybody, to another edition of NHL Trade Talk, the podcast. This is going to be a fun one. We're going to be talking our early projections for the 2022-23 NHL season. Both Brooke Laferno and myself, Jim Parsons, are going to be looking at the standings, kind of projecting early where that's going to go. Maybe picking some playoff winners. We'll talk about the first trades that we expect to happen in the season, surprises or dark horses that we're going to pick for the year, and then league leaders. Who's going to be, you know, your Hart, your Art Ross Trophy, your Vezina, your Calder, Jacket. We're going to pick those as, as well. And then we'll probably come back to this podcast at a later date, see how these projections panned out, see how right or wrong we were. That's going to be this edition of NHL Trade Talk, the podcast. We hope that you enjoy. Don't forget, download, subscribe, share this with others. Go on Apple Podcasts if that's where you listen to this platform or this podcast and give us a five-star rating. It's going to be super helpful for us. So enjoy. This is our bold early season projections for the 2022-23 NHL season with Brooke Laferno and myself, Jim Parsons of the Hockey Raiders and NHLTradeTalk.com. Enjoy. Welcome, everybody, back to another edition of the NHL Trade Talk podcast. My name is Jim Parsons here with NHLTradeTalk.com and the Hockey Raiders. As always, with Brooke Laferno, same thing, NHLTradeTalk.com, the Hockey Raiders, uh, wherever else we get the chance to write and share some content. Brooke, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you? Good. Well, we're. I'm happy because the season has started. Everybody's uh-huh. excited, right? It's a brand new year for all of these fans and their teams and Outside of a couple games that have happened already, everybody's starting at an even playing field. We do Mm -hmm. know that some teams are going to be really good, and we have a feeling that some teams are not. But we are always optimistic about what the season holds. Um, And even if you know that you're a team that isn't going to be all that great, you have the potential of looking forward to getting someone like a Connor Bedard. So there's a lot to look forward to this season. So we're going to talk a little bit about that on this episode. I think we should probably start, as most people do, when we're getting kicked off with the season, is just some early standings predictions, talking a little bit about you know the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference, whether it's division by division. How should we... How, I'm going to let you decide. How do you want to frame this? How should we put this together? Should we talk about you know the East versus the West? Should we just talk about our top teams in each division? What do you want to do? I always go by top teams in each division. That's easier for me. That's how I decipher it. Okay. Well, I'll let you kick things off. What division do you want to start with? I'll start with Central because since I cover the Blackhawks and I'm familiar with the Central. Sure. Okay. So uh, what do you want? Do you think, I guess, four, three, how many teams do you think from the Central Division are actually going to get into the playoffs here? Is this a a tough division? Is this a, a weak division? Is it right down the middle? What do you see for this? I think it's kind of a pretty weak division, if I'm being honest. I think there's some, could be some surprises in there, but overall pretty weak. Like, I don't really see a lot of Stanley Cup contenders in the Central, if I'm being honest. Well, there's one for sure. Yeah, there's one for sure. Colorado and Minnesota, maybe, but rest of them, I don't really think so. So, yeah, I think it's kind of weak. Okay, well, I'm I'm with you. I think that they're... See, there's a there's a bunch of like right on the bubble teams. Yeah, there, right? exactly. Like Dallas, Nashville. Who knows what Winnipeg's going to be like? I don't think they've got a a decent roster on paper, but there's something in Winnipeg that just isn't right. Um, mm-hmm. I like Colorado. I like St. Louis, and I like Minnesota. Um, I think this is it for Minnesota. Like this is the year they either do it or they're in real trouble because they've got all these cap concerns. But 
Uh, Colorado, to me, obviously one of the favorites to win the Stanley Cup again. Even though they lost Nazem Kadri, I still think they're pretty good. Even though there's some mm-hmm. goaltending changes, I still think they're really good. Yes. Um, are there are they first like automatic first in this division for you? Yeah, uh-huh. okay. I do. I like Minnesota a lot. I think they have a lot of firepower, but I just think Colorado's better. Yeah, it should be interesting. I think Minnesota's going to be <sighs> having lost Kevin Fiala though. How big of a a hit is that for them? Do you think? I think it's going to play a role. I mean, he was one of their top goal scorers last mm-hmm. season. I think that's got to hurt a little bit. I mean, I know Ke- Kevin Fiala, I think we talked about him before. He can be kind of streaky. So there's no way to know if he'll repeat that. Even if he was on the wild still, there was no way to know if he would repeat that season. But I think that's still a loss. He's a very talented player. So, and they rely heavily on their offense. So yeah, I still think that is going to hurt them a little bit. But I will say during the preseason, when they faced the Blackhawks, they were pretty good offensively, but that could be just because the Blackhawks are not very good. So that might be hard to gauge. Yeah, there's some strong players on the Minnesota roster. I mean, I think it's going to revolve around Kaprizov. That's going to be a given. He's going to get a ton of points. But I am, I'm with you. I think they're going to be a decent team, but I really don't know how good. Like, if they're, are they better than St. Louis? I'm not really sure. Like, I think St. Louis, yeah. to me, it's Colorado, St. Louis, Minnesota. Those are the three teams probably in this division that will make the playoffs for sure. Whether a fourth team gets in there or not, whether it's Dallas or Nashville, which is always sort of hanging around the, mm-hmm. the, the, the cusp of the line, you know, where it's just barely in or barely out. I think that'll continue. Uh, that's probably what we're looking at here to me, Arizona, uh, Chicago. Those are the ones that are probably going to struggle this season. We know about Chicago because mm-hmm. they're sort of rebuilding and we're expecting there to probably be some trades. Arizona typically, with this whole arena thing and everything, uh-huh. I just don't know what the heck to expect out of Arizona. They could be awful. And I just was looking at their schedule. It's ridiculous to start the season. Like they've got so many games on the road. I mean, mm-hmm. they're, they're poached. Like talk about a team that's going straight for Bedard. This is Arizona. Like that's, that's their deal. They might be the last place team in the league this year. It wouldn't shock me at all if that happens. So I'm with you. Central is a, an iffy division, but Colorado stands out above the rest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I, I definitely agree. Where do you want to go next? Um, do you know what? Let's go Pacific. Okay. Well, that's my division. Yeah, I that's love, yours. <laughs> I, I love the Oilers. Uh, I love me some Oilers. I think they're going to be pretty good this season. Mm-hmm. I, this is an interesting division too. I think there are there are two teams that I think everybody expects to be good: Edmonton and Calgary. There are some middle of the road teams that people aren't really sure about. Like Los Angeles was a good team last year, but can they be that good again? A lot of that's going to rely on their goaltending. Jonathan Quick was awesome last season. Yes, Can he, he was. That again. Uh, Vegas. I think Vegas has offensive firepower, but mm-hmm. those questions in goal to me are really, I don't know what that's going to mean. They won, as we record this, they beat Los Angeles last night. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that was a close one. Mark Stone with the you know 20 seconds left in the game saves that game for Vegas. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to expect from Vancouver. I don't think that San Jose, Anaheim, and Seattle are going to be very good. Mm-hmm. so i'm thinking there's at least three teams here getting into the playoffs i don't know again if there's going to be a fourth team or not i had originally projected edmonton calgary and vegas but i'm thinking maybe it's actually edmonton calgary and los angeles that's that could be my prediction what do you think there yeah that was actually my prediction too was calgary edmonton and la what were yeah. my top three actually in that uh division do you have calgary over the oilers or the oilers over calgary I do have Calgary over the Oilers. I'm sorry. No, I you like don't have to Oilers. apologize. They're a good team. They did a lot. Yeah, I like summer. the Oilers a lot, but something about Calgary is sticking out to me. But this could be their make or break year, I think, in some ways, too. Like, if they can't perform with the talent that you got over the summer, then 
I don't know what to say about that. <laughs> yeah, do you do you think they'll be a better team than they were last year with Gaudreau and Kachuk? Um, they should. Or should or will they be like right around the same, maybe a little worse? Because they lost a lot of goals. Yeah, they it, did. Right. Mm-hmm. I do think they'll be better. I think they should be better, and I think they will be better. I mean, with what they lost, I think they still gained a lot with Nazem Kadri and Huberto and Uyghur. They still got a lot of point producers, so I do think they will be better. They should be better. Yeah. Okay. So I'm I'm thinking this will be a competitive uh, division, but I I to me it's between Edmonton and Calgary. Like mm-hmm. those those are the two teams, and there's a couple sleepers here. Like Vancouver's got a good goalie. They've got some good offensive firepower. Their blue line is really weak, and they're starting very injured. Um, Vegas, I don't know about their goaltending. Los Angeles could be interesting. I think they're an up and coming team for sure. But I see Los Angeles in the same way I used to view Winnipeg. Right. Like they on paper look like they should be a team of the future and it just didn't turn out for Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. So let's hope that doesn't happen for the Los Angeles Kings. Cause mm-hmm. I think they're going to be a good team. Uh, San Jose, Anaheim, Seattle. I'm still waiting for Seattle to do something. Yep. I'm still waiting too. I think they have let Maddie Beniers, who I think could make some noise on Seattle for sure. I don't know if that's going to be enough to propel them where they want to be, but I think it's a good start if he does. I <laughs> took him in right? my, yeah. I took him in my fantasy draft, both. Uh, yeah, we did. Yeah, we have we have him on our team, and I took him tonight when I played DraftKings. So I'm hoping for Matty Beneers to have a big season, and I think that he's going to get plenty of ice time in Seattle to try to do that. He finished yeah. on such a tear. Should be interesting. He did, and Shane Wright, too. I mean, they got him, too, and I think he's going to be there all season, so he could be someone or to watch, too. Yeah, no, it'll be good. Okay, we got two divisions left. We've got the Atlantic Division. We've got the Metropolitan Division. Where do you want to go? Let's go Atlantic because I'm actually excited to talk about this division. This is a very interesting division. Uh Like I see four teams getting in Uh and I think there's big question marks for me in Boston. Uh And I think Detroit Buffalo going to struggle. I don't know about Montreal. I think they're rebuilding, but I really don't know exactly (laughs) what their plans are. Detroit could be better than people think they're going to be. But I don't really know. But to me, it's Tampa, Florida, Toronto, and Ottawa. Those are my four teams that I see getting in there. Yeah, I had Toronto, Florida, Tampa Bay, and Boston as my top four. Okay. And you had them in that order? Yeah, in that order, yes. So does the goaltending changes in Toronto scare you off at all? No, not really. (laughs) I think it should, probably, to a normal person, it probably should. But to me, it doesn't. I just feel like they're going to probably do the Edmonton way of like just outscoring everyone and i think that's kind of their plan to be honest at this point but who knows maybe their goaltending will be at least like average if they have average goaltending they'll be fine they don't need like that's exponential right. goaltending there yeah they just need to be decent you know nine ten nine whatever safe percentage mm-hmm. who's going to be the the person they rely on is it going to be matt murray or samsonov who's the who's the the starter that winds up playing most of the games I do think it's going to end up being Matt Murray. They got him for a reason. I don't always know if he's good or not. I mean, I know he's got two Stanley Cups, so he's got cred. But sometimes he's good, sometimes he's bad. But maybe Toronto's just what he needs. They're kind of like Pittsburgh in some ways, a firepower. But that's what he's used to. So maybe that'll be a good fit. But I see him getting most of the starts for sure. I have Tampa, Florida, Toronto as my top three teams. I have Ottawa getting in the bubble. I really like what they did with their offense. I think they're mm-hmm. going to add a defenseman. I still think they're looking, and that could be, and we'll talk about this in a minute, yeah. um, that could be one of the early changes this season. But Tampa's on top for me because, one, Florida made so many changes. I don't like the changes they made, mm-hmm. like losing Huberto, losing Uyghur, uh, bringing in Kachuk and re- heavily relying on him. I don't know. Like Kachuk's a heck of a player. 
but that chemistry thing is really important there. Does he mesh with Barkov? Does it like, how does that go? Right. I don't know that they're going to be as good as they were last season. Toronto. I like uh, Toronto, but their goaltending questions scare me. Like, just like you, you're the opposite of me. You're not worried about it. I am for them. I think that was a major regression. Now people might say, Oh yeah, you like Edmonton. So you like Campbell. That's why you're saying that. But I really, Matt Murray has done nothing. Like it's just, it's been very interesting. And Sam Sonoff was really just let to walk from Washington. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what that goaltending is going to look like. I think it's a major question mark. Boston's so injured. I don't yeah. see them rebounding. Um, so we'll see, but I have Tampa at first just because Tampa's Tampa, right? I think they're taking a step backwards, but they know how to win. Like they just have this way about them that they figure it out. Even when it looks like they might, might not be as good. I think they're going to stay there, but Florida and Toronto question marks for me, but they're definitely in like, those yeah. are my, those are my three teams. I like your order too. It makes a lot of sense. The Metropolitan Division. I think there's some good teams in this division. Uh-huh. Who's the top team for you? I have the Rangers as first, Carolina as second, Washington as third, and then the Columbus Blue Jackets as fourth, actually. A little bit really? of dark horse there. Really? Yeah. That's an interesting choice. No, I have my first two are switched. I have Carolina, then the Rangers, but I do like either one. I think Carolina goes back or goes to the final this year. Oh, I like okay. Washington. I'm a little concerned with their injury situation with Nicholas Backstrom out for the entire mm-hmm. season. Pittsburgh, I like. They're my fourth team. I think they just have this. I'm, I'm not Malkin's motivated. Crosby's mm-hmm. Crosby. They've got some really decent wingers there. Uh, I like their stuff. I don't know about their goaltending interest in Jari could be awesome, but who knows, really? Uh, Columbus, I don't have in there. I have them at six, but I can see why, like, they're maybe they're finally separated from the, all mm-hmm. the drama, right? And yeah. that could be something that's good for them. Phillies in my last place team. Yes, that's where they're on my last place too. <laughs> they're gonna suck. They're yeah. just there's something. I know Tortorella's going in there and he's trying to just clean it all up. I just think they're gonna be awful. And I there's something I don't know. Talk about I think they'll be there. more organized as a team. Like they might look more functional, but that doesn't necessarily mean good. They still have a lot of question marks on that team. Yeah. Yeah, I think Tortorella is going to make an early, like it'll be positive early and then it'll fall mm-hmm. apart really quickly. That's just how I see that going. All right. So those are your kind of division standings. What do you see in terms of like the playoffs? And we don't have to get really specific of where the standings are going to go, but who do you think gets through in the East? Who do you get through in the West? Like, do you want me to just start naming off teams here? Yeah. Like who, who winds up getting into, let's just go straight to the finals. Like who, who makes it through? We don't have to do like, um brackets or anything like that but who's your final team in the east who's in the eastern this oh, like okay. finals for the east? so i honestly have the new york rangers and the calgary flames in the final and i have calgary winning that's not the calgary winning the stanley cup after all their offseason changes that would be a storyline and a half that would that be something one. else a team that everybody figured was down and out when those two guys left and they wound up winning the stanley cup that would be one heck of a story uh for the year i have uh Carolina getting through in the East and mm-hmm. Colorado getting through in the West. I almost wanted to pick a rematch of Carolina and Edmonton from the 2006 playoffs and see Edmonton get their comeuppance after losing to Carolina in seven games. But I was kind of like, I still like Colorado a lot. Yeah. So I, I see Colorado playing Edmonton again. I see a bit much tighter series than it was mm-hmm. last time, but I, I just have a feeling Colorado is going to be there again. So I like Carolina though. I like them a lot. In I fact, do too. It wouldn't shock me if they win the whole thing. Yeah. I feel like New York should take a step forward, um, but they did lose a lot this off season. I thought they played pretty well against Tampa Bay. I know that's one game, but 
they should take a step forward. And if they make a big splash like Patrick Kane at the trade deadline to add scoring, that could help. But to me, they have to take a step forward, which is why I kind of chose them. Yeah. No, I, I like both picks, actually. I, I would, I'm kind of, it sounds awful to say this. I'm whispering, even though I don't know why I'm whispering. It would be terrible if if I cheered for Calgary and that storyline, because I'm yeah. an Oilers guy and I want the Oilers to add. They're going to gonna have to beat the Calgary Flames to get to where they want to go. At least that's how I see it. But I kind of, if Edmonton's out, I'm, I'll be cheering for Calgary because I like that idea, like that whole, what's this going to look like? Can they actually do this? Like they were so written off. And then mm-hmm. within a couple of weeks, it's like, wow, this team is really good. Yeah. Um. So that would be something. I think that would, outside of for me personally, Edmonton winning, uh, Calgary being the team that gets there would be my second favorite storyline in the season. All right, let's switch gears just a little bit. We'll talk some early projections, some way too early bold maybe projections who do you see as a first trade uh maybe just one or two like do you do you see something like it was there something you were watching kind of that you're looking for things that haven't happened yet but you think are going to probably happen right away i still think jacob chikrin gets moved pretty quickly here i think I, we were just talking about this a couple weeks ago that they did say that they were um st- the Arizona Coyotes were starting to lower their asking price after we were talking about it. So I do see him getting moved. I just don't see this kind of dragging on. I know he's injured, but like I said, I still see this kind of moving on. I feel like they have to do something, especially if he's unhappy. So I still see it as a possibility. This is going to make for a boring radio, but I was going to say the same thing. I thought, yeah. I think Chickren's probably the first piece to go. There's just something in Arizona. I don't know why this trade hasn't been done yet. I just think mm-hmm. they're just probably too too steep on their asking price. Uh, but I think Chicken really wants to go. I think the Arizona Coyotes are really kind of like, we just need to end this thing. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, they're not willing to get nothing to end this, you know, saga, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. I don't know where he goes. I thought Ottawa maybe, but then I'm kind of like, man, maybe Ottawa doesn't pull the trigger on this, right? Maybe they look at it in another direction. So instead of just saying, I think Chickren will go first, I'm going to say, I think the Ottawa Senators are the team that makes the first move. I think they are actively looking for a defenseman. I think that they'll find it. And I think that that is the piece that's going to probably be like, okay, Ottawa's a playoff team. Right. Yeah. And they're going to have to do it long before the deadline. To me, if they want to get into that, because they're, they're a cusp team, like they've got some really good pieces on offense, but I don't believe them to be a team that's guaranteed a spot in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So I think you're going to need that extra wiggle room, that cushion, those, you know, 15, 20, 30 games where you're going to have that defenseman on your roster, helping you get into the playoffs. And then they're going to make a difference. So I don't know who they trade for if it isn't Chikrin, but I do think that somebody, whether it's, you know, from Detroit or Seattle or a team that just sucks early on and they mm-hmm. go, you know what, let's move a Carson Susie or let's move with this. Like I could see Ottawa getting in that conversation. So that's probably my prediction. Do you have any others that you're watching or was that really the big one? That was really the big one. I mean, I still got my eye on Tampa and Florida, actually more so the Florida Panthers. They still need to clear some space. I think they're pretty okay right now, but eventually they're going to need to move money again. So I know that their general manager was kind of talking about needing to clear some space, um, but they haven't made a move yet. So who knows? Maybe they will during the season. I'm kind of keeping my eye on them. Yeah. Well, I mean, at at this point, everybody's under or it's amazing how many teams got so close using LTIR. Like Ken Holland did an interview for the Oilers and they were like $167 away. And he's like, that's a record, but Mm -hmm. three teams were closer than us this season. That's how close I think one team was like right on the $0 mark. It might've been Vegas. Like they just absolutely 
used every inch of LTIR to get as close mm-hmm. to the cap as they could possibly get. So everybody's good, but yeah. the team that wants to make the move that is typically the most active, that is usually the one involved in the trade talks, whether it's the Rangers or the Vegas Golden Knights, those teams are going to be the ones that probably dump something first, mm-hmm. right? Because if they want to get anything, whether it's a Patrick Kane or something else, they're going to have to make space to do it. And so for that to happen, they're going to have to make a trade. So, hey, you, yes, you passionate sports fan. If you'll give me less than 60 seconds, I want to tell you how you can start making as much as six figures per year and do it all around your passion for sports. Hi there, my name is Jim Parsons, and I know there are at least 14 different methods sports fans can use to start earning a solid income off of their love of sports. And I want to show you the system I've created that will start allowing you to profit from your love of the game and turn your favorite hobby into a profitable side hustle. Let's take you from being a hobbyist to a professional sports fan and show you how to make money in an industry you love. Go to sportssidehustle.com, that's sportssidehustle.com, and download my free startup guide. I'll explain to you the four fundamentals that you need to get started and then show you where to go if you want to learn more. Hey, the athletes don't need to be the only ones making money off of sports. Go to sportssidehustle.com today and let's get started. I see that happening. What about you had mentioned before we went on here that we should talk a little dark horses, whether that's surprises for the season or somebody that you're predicting to either have a breakout performance or a team. What were you thinking in that respect? I got my eyes on Detroit. If I'm being honest, I thought they were pretty good last year. I mean, I'm saying this from when the Blackhawks faced them. I was really impressed with them. Actually they had, they made a lot of mistakes, but you could see they were moving in the right direction and with Cider and Larkin and Bertuzzi, I just think that they could be a dark horse this year. I don't know if it's going to be enough to make the playoffs, but I do think they'll be a lot better than last year. So I got my eye on them. And unfortunately, they probably could be a playoff team, but they're just in a really tough division. Maybe if they were in the Central, then they could be, but I have my eye on them for sure. So, yeah, I, I guess I'm glad that you finished the sentence when you said, I thought Detroit was really good because they like, set all sorts of records for being terrible last year. But if you're saying that they were moving in the right direction, like you mm-hmm. could see that they were starting to figure it out because yeah. Eiserman was really pissed. Like when that season ended, he's like, we were awful. Like we were yeah. way worse than I thought we would be. So he went out and he added a bunch of pieces. Like mm-hmm. he got Andrew Kopp, he signed David Perron. Like he, he really went out and started to go and okay, we're doing this. Like he went, he got Billy Huso too, right? Like out of St. Yeah. Louis. So mm-hmm. they added some significant pieces. I, I think that they could be a team to watch. Do I think they're going to like, come in and wow everybody and you know battle for top two spots in their division no but could they could they be in the conversation towards the playoff well maybe like i I could see that being the case but yeah they were an interesting team last year because if you're saying you watched them a lot and you're like i can see that this is sort of something they're figuring out yeah there's a lot of struggles here while they do it um that that makes sense right like they're a team that just on paper their record was not good Mm -hmm. but you've got Eiserman at the helm there. They're starting to go, okay, we, we need to get this sorted out. And they're maybe moving in the right direction. Uh, Blashill, he's, he's not the coach here anymore. Who's the coach here now? Do you remember? Oh I don't know. I, That's a good question. I probably oh, should. Uh, it was the assistant coach in Tampa Bay. Um, Forgot his name. Well, we'll look it up and we'll figure it out here. But um, yeah, that, that could be interesting because I see, oh, Derek Lalonde. That's, that's a new season with a new guy running everything, right? So Mm -hmm. that could be another thing to kind of watch for there. For me, I don't know if like, does dark horse or surprise have to be a positive? Let's settle this right now. Let's let's no, it can be a negative. Okay. I actually have a negative one too. So, okay. The reason I asked that question is because 
Uh, I see the Winnipeg Jets being a team that will be the negative storyline of the year. Mm-hmm. There's just something about that team. And I don't know if it's Shevel Dayoff who is gone, if it's the coaching who doesn't, if a player like a Mark Shifley or something gets traded, Dubois heads out of town. I don't know what's going to happen there, but there's just some, for whatever reason, that team cannot get it figured out. And I am actively watching to see what they do, because if they don't get off to a hot start, like there could be a lot of changes. Like, and we're talking big pieces, Blake Wheeler, Shifley, Connor Hellebuck, Pierre-Luc Dubois, like a lot of big name people could be leaving the Winnipeg Jets organization. So that will be something. Cause if that starts to fall apart, there are going to be a lot of teams going, Ooh, like this could be fun. Let's, let's yeah. see what we can get out of Winnipeg. Right. So especially like a hellebuck. If you're a team that needs a goalie and you're like, man, he could be our guy and you think you can get him, the asking price will be huge, but it, it should be something else. What was yours? I was actually going to say Tampa is my negative dark horse a little bit. I think they'll be good, but I do see them taking a step back. Something about, again, watching them play against the Rangers. I know it's one game, but something about their game kind of irked me a little bit. It just didn't look kind of like what we're used to seeing. They lost most of their face-offs, which I know was an issue with them last season too. Obviously didn't affect them in the long run as they still made the final, but I do see them taking a step back. I think they'll still be in the playoffs for sure, but it seemed like Vasilevsky was the only one still in form. So we'll see, but I don't see them being as great. For me, if I'm thinking of a positive one, since we're doing a negative and a positive, I'm looking forward to see what Clojure does in Ottawa. Like there's a team that really made some moves. They brought him in for a specific reason. And I wonder, and you know, this player, well, if his chemistry with Alex to bring mm-hmm. is going to be the thing that really like, Holy moly, closure is still good. And if the and he have chemistry and the numbers go through the roof, that's another interesting question because he's doing a qualifying offer. Ottawa wants to keep him long-term if he explodes offensively, which, he probably will, especially if their chemistry's he could be a very expensive, like 10 and a half, $11 million player. Like that will be very interesting. So that could be good. I think Ottawa's going to be good. I think th- some of those guys offensively are going to be really strong, but uh, I wonder how that storyline will go because if, if Clojure and Debrinket are as hot as they were in the preseason, mm-hmm. think out, those two are going to be on fire. Yeah, I agree with that. Debrinket needs someone to pass him the puck. That's what he excels at. So Drew on his line to give him the puck. Yeah, it's like a match made in heaven for sure. Okay, so let's do some quick uh, league leaders or maybe possible uh, trophy candidates uh, talk before we close things off here. So do you have a clear heart or Art Ross trophy candidate winner, somebody that you see being like, okay, here's my top three here, who wins it kind of thing? I had Huberto, Jonathan Huberto is my heart trophy um winner because he was in the running last year and I feel like with what they gave up or what Florida gave up for him and what Calgary got him for obviously to be replaced with he should be the heart trophy winner because he should be the MVP of that team so I kind of have him on my radar that might be um a little too high of expectations but that's kind of what I have I still had McDavid as my Art Ross um trophy winner I just I just seem that's a safe bet for me. Um, I have Austin Matthews. Yeah. As the rocket Richard, I think he's just amazing at goal scoring and I don't see him slowing down. I think he could be better than 60. So we'll see. Yeah. It's interesting. Like I have Connor McDavid as my heart, my Russ too. I, I wanted, I picked uh, Matthews for my rocket Richard, but I do believe 
that McDavid's going to give him a run. Mm-hmm. I think that there's something in the way that he's approaching this season where he's like, I want to score more. And I think you see him shoot more. I think you see, like, he worked on his one-timer last year. And while Leon Dreisel used to make fun of him, call it a, it's like a floater or fluff or something yeah. like that. He kept calling it. Uh, it was getting better. And so it'll be interesting to see how much he does that. Now, he's the setup guy for Dreisel in a lot of situations. And that one-timer from Dreisel is pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. He could be another Rocket Richard candidate, Leon Dreisel. I think that that mm-hmm. guy is just getting better and better and better as, as, as scoring goes on. What about uh, Jack Adams? Who do you see as an early candidate for coach of the year? I had Gerard Gallant as my pick. I just think, like I said, if the Rangers are going to keep taking a step forward, then he should be considered. But I will say, though, what I was kind of just thinking in my mind, since I kind of said Co- or Columbus is kind of maybe a playoff team, maybe this year, I think Brad Larson, their head coach, if he gets them to where they need to be with Johnny Gaudreau and Patrick Liney, especially with them being on the same line, and Cole Sillinger, all those players, if he gets them to the playoffs, he could be a candidate too. Yeah, no, that's good. I'm going to sound like a homer because I picked Jay Woodcroft, but the <laughs> reason I picked him is not because he coaches the Oilers, but because of the difference between what happened when Dave Tippett left the Oilers and what happened when Jay Woodcroft came in. Yeah. Their goals against, their goals for, I mean, everything, every single stat went from decent and uh to like really good in the top like eight, right? Especially their goals against, like you talked about a team like Toronto, who's going to try to outscore everybody. They're mm-hmm. a goaltend. He doesn't need to be perfect. Edmonton's mm-hmm. the same way. They got a little bit of a cushion because they're going to score so much. So they don't, they got to keep the goals against under like three. Mm-hmm. That's probably how they're going to be doing this per game. But under Woodcroft, they were able to do that for the first time in a very long time. And if they're with him all season, which they have not yet been, I think that that could be a very telling situation. If if the Oilers are as good as people think they're going to be, yeah. he's definitely got to be a candidate for coach of the year because he's going to have a full season under his belt. He's going to have a chance to work with them and see what they can do with their numbers and not just be you know, McDavid and Drysdale scoring all the time, right? Mm-hmm. So we'll see how that goes. What do you have for uh, Norris, defenseman of the year? I got Kale McCarr. Yeah, I just think not? he's just very hard to beat at this point. I mean, I still like Adam Fox and Roman Yossi, but Kale McCarr is just... Only going to get better, I think. So he's going to be like Hedman. Like, if he's not going to win, he's going to be a finalist every year, I think. Yeah, no, it's hard to go against him, right? Like, there's a lot of decent defensemen, but there's just, he's the standout in the league right now. He's just absolutely, you know, heads or tails, the most flashy, the most skilled, the quickest. He's just unbelievable. He's just so fun to watch, right? And Colorado's going to put a lot of their offense around him. Like, he's just going to run the show there, right? So, yeah, it'd be hard to pick against him. What about the Calder Rookie of the Year? I said Shane Wright as a dark horse pick um, because now that we know that he's going to be in the league or uh, with the Kraken, only because he was drafted at four, and I think that might light a fire under him that he's going to want to prove a lot of people wrong this year. So besides Maddie Beniers, I think the Kraken have a lot of good um, rookies there that could win. So that, that's who I picked. Well, I, I picked the same team. I just picked a different player. I picked Beneers. I think yeah. Matthew Beneers is going to have one heck of a season. Um, it'll be a little, little bit of pressure for him to keep up to what people are expecting after he yeah. finished last year. I just think he'll do it. I think there's something about him. He's just really, really good. Yeah. Uh, Vesna, goalie of the year. Who you got? I had UC Soros as a dark horse. Like I said, it's hard to bet against Vasilevsky any year, but I like Soros. He's always been really good, I think, as much as I dislike the Predators, but they got a really good goalie, I think. And he's always been good and hangs around in there, but just hasn't won. So maybe this might be the year that he might win something. Yeah. I have Thatcher Demko out of Vancouver. I think if 
And here's why I picked him. I don't think Vancouver is going to be great, but if they're a good team, it'll be because of Thatcher Demko. Like yeah. their blue line is very, it's not very good. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got a couple pieces on there, eh, but they're not going to be <laughs> stopping shots. Yeah. They're not going to be stopping goals against. So he's going to have to stand on his head. And if Vancouver is in that conversation, if they are a playoff bubble team, it will be on the back of him. Like he will have stood out and really pushed them towards that spot. So for that reason, I think he might be in the conversation. He's probably, to me, the best goalie in the Pacific Division. I think Markstrom's up there, too. Um, but I think Thatcher Demko's a heck of a goalie. He's only getting better. And he's it's, underrated, for sure. Yeah, it's just too bad he doesn't have a more solid, well-rounded team around him. But mm-hmm. um, I think he's he's going to be in that conversation, for sure. Okay, well, that was that was kind of fun. Uh, I don't know. like Who gets off to the, earliest, the best early start, do you think? Is there a team or a player that we're going to be like, oh, man, watch this person or this team well nashville's already two and oh and i know like i said that's kind of hard to gauge because they were facing the san jose sharks who are not supposed to be very good but it's hard to count out nashville they're very hard to play against and i think with adding um nino rider i think he could uh, add some spunk he already did he had three goals in two games so who knows i think they might be a team to watch i think they could be they could make some noise yeah they're always around the conversation right mm-hmm. like they've just they sort of figured out how not necessarily to be great, but always to be good. And they're never really that bad. Um, There's always weird things happening there about contracts and who gets what and all that stuff, but they seem to win in spite of all that. So uh, yeah, I'm with you. I think that could be interesting for me. It's going to be a player to watch. I think, I think McDavid is, we always watch him anyway, but (laughs) the amount of points he got, like this is a, a dude that just seems to push harder and harder every season and for whatever reason we think oh he can't do better than that and then he just explodes and he just Uh gets to another level it's just all worldly already but i just think there's something that he wants that he really wants to win everybody wants to win but he really wants to get there and he's going to push and he's going to try to score a lot and he's just watch out like i (laughs) i think on a nightly basis he's going to just be like unbelievable right you're going to be wowing yourself and we already do but (laughs) <laughs> that that's a player i just think there's not going to be if you don't like the oilers you should just try to tune in for a few games just to see what he does on a nightly basis because it's just going to be crazy like yeah. as long as he stays healthy he's going to be something else to watch yeah I anyway this was a lot of fun we'll uh we'll see how close we get with our predictions we'll maybe check in uh you know 20 30 games into the season to see if we were way off on some of these we'll have to revisit and listen to this podcast again and then you know check back in and see how we did on some of these predictions, but uh, Brooke, thanks a lot. We'll, uh, we'll definitely check in next week. We'll see where things are at, how things are going and, and who's looking at what, and maybe there'll be some more deals. Who knows? We'll see. Yeah. I hope so. Yeah, it'll be fun. And of course we'll have to keep, yeah, we'll have to keep up with our fantasy team too. For folks that did not hear our podcast uh, about a week ago, we drafted our, our fantasy team and we like our team. So far, it's doing pretty good. So it'll be fun. Anyway, this has been another edition of NHL Trade Talk, the podcast. Thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, Please don't forget, download, subscribe, share with others. Give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. It always helps us out. And we'll talk to you guys next time. You can check out Brooke on NHLTradeTalk.com and thehockeywriters.com. And that's where you'll find me too.